So you're at a skate park, I see. Yes. This is this is what we in the industry call setting the stage, chopping it up. I realize I have no idea what the official what the official term for the intro is. There's got to be a term. Buttering up the guest. I don't know. Prepping the <laughs> audience. So, Natalie Kasky, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Where are you coming from? I am, hold on one second. I am coming from St. Pete, Florida. Did I, did yeah. I ever tell you I used to live there? Where? Uh, actually, I lived on Treasure Island. I was just there. I know. I saw your post. I'm now at Fossil Park. There was, oh, and actually at, um, well, you can't see it, but so I, long story short, so I moved to, from rehab to a sober living house in St. Pete. Um, and I got a job at a resort hotel on Treasure Island as a bellboy. And I took up longboarding because that's what everybody does around there i had this friend i met at na meetings and we took up longboarding and then one day he got me to he took me to the skate park in clearwater i want to say it was martin luther king skate park is that sound right no it's also park literally okay. literally where i am that is it well yeah. is it is there is there uh is there a bowl there well, I don't know if you went to Campbell Park in St. Pete, or I'll show you this. I'll run. There's like mostly ramps. The uh, big bowls are at Campbell in uh, St. Pete near downtown. And may, uh, I just remember, I, th I want to say it was a bowl, and I tried to drop in for my first time ever. And I was wearing, I had a helmet, I had wrist guards, and I had knee pads. And so I drop in, and when I get to the bottom, the board flies out from under my feet, and I go to my side, and I essentially, like, punched the ground with my left arm. And it, My daughter just did exactly that. <laughs> oh, it, it snapped my hand like a twig, though, because it braced against the wrist guard and just snapped. Uh -huh. And yeah. that's that's how I ended up relapsing that time because I got on pain pills again. That was back in the crooked doctor heyday of Florida. Two thousand like nine or eight or something. Yeah, like she's that. In, yeah. They really cracked down on that now. Um, yeah. it's insane. I'm technically skating around on a foot that's been broken and I'm waiting to go into surgery. So can't from skating stuff. from skating what? you broke it mm -hmm. from skating oh geez i broke one foot sprained both ankles and tore shit in my knee but here i am still hey i'm with it so you reached out to me we just um on an episode me and heath and uh tyler were talking about uh we brought up the subject of ghosts <laughs> and you messaged me and said, dude, if you're going to talk about ghosts, I am a medium. And you kind yeah, of I told do. me a few uh, ghost stories, one in particular. But first, so tell, like, explain 
what is a medium, what it is you do, and I guess any, like, when did you, I have a lot of questions about that. Okay, so I'll start at the very beginning, all right? And it's like, it's a weird thing because like a lot of people don't believe in it and it's, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Really what it comes down to. Um, I've had this ability to talk to them and see them my whole life. Children are always born with that ability. They lose it once like, you know, the world comes crashing down on their imagination and stuff and things get too busy and then it's hard to hear them anymore because you're not able to clear like I've said to you before um like I've sent you videos the way that I clear my mind so that it I'm able to stop everything in here and hear them is I skate Hmm. I skate and I blank myself out and that's when I can allow whoever needs to talk to me to talk to me sometimes I have to coerce certain people and some people just find me um like the friend the friend of yours i've been talking to um you have to gain trust (laughs) and ghosts are literally just residual energy all right they're stuck in this like perpetual thing and so that's how i deal with it like if i want to talk to them and the best ways to do that is honestly, like when you're starting out is electronically, like with flashlights and stuff like that, doing yes or no answers for them to turn it on and off. Because since their energy, they can power those things. And then you learn how to harbor that energy with like, um, with like certain tools and stuff. I have some in the car. where you ask yes or no questions and the energy you will move the pendulum in certain ways you start out by asking all right show me yes and then it'll show you how to move certain ways show me no because with each each spirit has its own language i guess and its own way to do it and um so every time that you are speaking to someone new you have to figure out what their signals are first so did you have anyone like i i can't imagine you just or maybe you did did you have anyone to kind of guide you through this so like as a kid you i guess you saw some things you talked to some things and and then like how did you develop this like did you have some sort of teacher or guide or is it a family thing I know it sounds really cliche, but I'm from Salem. Um, and it's something that Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. And it's just something that literally does run in our family. Um, having that ability and having that amount of empathy, because that's really what it comes down to, is to be able to feel it. Um when starting out, I was doing, using a lot of tools and stuff like that because I wasn't strong enough to understand how to control the energy. And like, as I'm teaching my daughter how to do it, it's with tools. It gets to the point where I don't necessarily need those anymore. And I can just, they, my God, I don't even, it's not like you could hear them. Mm-hmm. 
but I can, if that makes sense. Kind of like a dog whistle? Kind, yeah, kind of, because I'm allowing them into my brain space. That's why I clear it up. So we, we obviously come, I, I've told you a little bit, and, and my listeners know that I, that I come from a Christian background, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also, because of that, you know, obviously, I believe in those sort of things. I think where it, I think where it um, might differ, I guess, is assigning a judgment on it, like good, bad. You know, there are some schools of Christian thought that would say, you know, pointing to like that it's a forbidden practice and that um, there's also the people that think it's just demons or spirits masquerading as you, you people do have or whatever. to be careful. Yep, because they, they will, they're very deceitful. Um, what's really touches base to exactly what you just said. Um, I'm first generation Polish to America. And oh, wow. I don't know how much you know about how I am a practicing witch. Like, not ooh, scary witch, but like, you know, I am practicing. But over in that area, in Poland, it is very, very natural and common for the Catholic Church to also partner up with what's called whispering witches. And those are the ones, yep, those are the ones that have the ability to talk and they have the ability to know herbs and stuff like that and give advice. So often Catholic priests will send them to the whispering witches, which my grandmother was one. So dispel a myth for me or confirm it because this was um, actually the friend that I put you in touch with. I had asked her a long time ago. I think I put in or it still kind of is like an open call. I was like, I want to talk to someone that has successfully completed a spell for a tangible result. And our, the friend that we both know, she said, well, no one would ever do that because part of the deal is you can't uh, you can't talk about it or it like won't work or something like that. But I guess my my general question is like is that, that is is that a thing like spells for financial gains for whatever like the yes. I guess we're talking about like the Hollywood version yeah. of magic. Okay, the Hollywood version of magic is BS. It's not all like sparkles and stuff like that. It really Ooh. is. <laughs> okay, that was super weird also. Like we just started talking about magic and spells and like my whole my whole computer just froze, Zoom just closed and reopened. I don't know weird anyway i don't even know where you left off but like you like I oh said, I, I said, said you was, said the hollywood thing is is bs it really is it's not it's not as like you know sparks and everything like that it has a lot to do with believing and putting intentions into the world you know like if there's a will there's a way you speak it into existence as far as spells go it's um very similar to like rituals that you would have in churches okay you guys also use a lot of herbs like when you or like in the catholic church with the ball with the uh like what is it a chuli in it or frankincense yeah. frankincense is really good because that actually attracts 
spirits. What? Yes. Um, there's certain things that do certain powers, like with medication, it's like what I'm saying, like it's all herbal. So yeah, if you're pharmacia. To, yep. If you're trying to do a certain thing, then you go for things you look for properties within herbs that do create um how do i put this that do create what you're looking for basically for calming and for stuff like that but you need that mixture to get everything to where it needs to be and when it comes to the like the chance and stuff that you're saying that's literally just you putting it into the world what about what about things like um certain uh incantations certain um like blood rituals or i guess like dark magic that sort of thing do you believe in like okay so you that is a thing and that is a thing you don't mess with okay no you get what you put into this world and if you want to only do dark magic then that's all you're gonna get everything does legitimately come back to you it really does so you do have to be careful um i'm more along the lines of um a green witch i deal with a lot of plants and a lot of herbs okay well do psychedelics fit into that at all (laughs) i mean for funsies but not but not in any sort of like ritual okay Okay. Not necessary. Mm-mm. So, what a, what about? Do you believe in a literal Satan? There's no such thing as Satan. Okay. I'm a do Satanist you, as well. I practice that. There's no such thing as Satan. In like a moral sense, you're a practicing Satanist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I don't know how much you or your listeners know Satanism doesn't believe in Satan. Right. It's the is this the uh Anton LaVey do as thou wilt school of thought thing? Okay. Like the the Church of Satan. Yep. Yeah. With the 11 rules that are to be like good to humans, good to animals and like everything like that. Like it genuinely like it gets a lot of flack because people just hear Satan and they're like, "Oh god, no." And it's it's more so about believing in yourself. Okay. What do you, what do you think about the person of Jesus? These are all just, these are just personal questions I have that I'm just curious what witches and all that think of where does, where does, oh, and I guess, so along the same lines, what do you think of like Jesus, Gandhi, um, who would another, yeah, I guess just like the, the gods of different religions where do y'all kind of where do we lie in that yeah um well, or how do you interact with those how do you interact uh by offerings okay like if you need to connect with someone specific that um that will help you with what you're trying to do you summon them by certain things is there any time you could think of where you would try to, and I'm using air quotes, like summon Jesus or Gandhi or th- people like that, spirits like that? Not, not those ones, no. 
my okay. home that know that part. But how do I feel about Jesus and Gandhi and stuff like that? Um, I will never, ever, ever, ever discredit any of that because who am I to say that all that didn't happen? I didn't live there. I didn't see it with my own eyes, you know, and all religions, even the one that I have all come from the same base. They just kind of went different directions because if you really think about it, and I don't want this to sound offensive, the way that Jesus got his followers was by what? Magic. Sure. Yeah. In a, yeah. I mean, in a, in yes, a sense. that is in a sense, in a sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had to prove himself that he had the abilities beyond the normal human to be able to do certain things. True. So for them to believe that he had to perform magic, know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The burning bushes, everything like that, you know, like, yeah. So there is an ounce of magic in literally everything, if you really think about it. Yeah. It's just whether or not it fits with your heart to believe that one enough. Hmm. That's all that matters. I can agree to that. So I want to hear the story now. Um, I I really, I don't even know if I want to preface it too much, but... Um, I can kind of just just pull the ripcord on you and, and let you go on this. But you had told me a story about some spirits basically helping you solve a murder. Am I? Yeah. Oh, way more than that. Okay. okay. Let's get into it. All right. Let's start at square one. Okay. okay. So and I have lots of pictures and videos that I will send you personally after this as well. That totally credits all of this. And I'll, I will uh, post them on uh, the Facebook page and the Patreon feed. Okay. So, like I said, a lot of it has really weird ties to me. Like, I was the missing key to make this all happen. All right. I found a house that is a Cape-style house in St. Pete, which, you know, is not really a thing. It's a Northern-style house. What's a, what's a Cape-style house? It's a, two be- it's a two-floor house where the upstairs has the slanted. Okay. That's Cape style. That's like a New England house. And it's yeah, identical. it's like a, like a slanted loft at the top yep. sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. It's identical to the, the house that my mom grew up in, in Burlington, Massachusetts. And okay. I live on Burlington Ave. Okay. Okay. So. Was that on, was that kind of like, was that like you saw Burlington and you're like, oh, that's where my mom lives. So, okay. okay, I I lived there too at some point. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I fell in love with the house and like, I really harassed the landlord to live there. Um, And he had my number wrong and told me no, but I never got that. And so I kept on persistent, 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 persistent. So finally he's like, yeah, no, go ahead, move in. I was like, yes. All right. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, every single house that I've lived in has had something in it. Everywhere I go, I have ones that are attached to me. Um, at that house, I kept on seeing um, young children, two to be exact. And when you say um, when you say seeing, as in as real as you are to me, like not kind of transparent, you're seeing them. Seeing them. Okay. 
And are you um, not, so, is it not scary or are you just used to it? I'm used to it. This okay. is my everyday. Okay. Um, so it first started out with this little boy named Robert who would hang out in my daughter's closet. Okay. Oh, that is so freaky to me. Yeah. Hang out in my daughter's closet and I talked to him and he was afraid and I didn't know about what yet. He was like, I'm lost. You know, he was, he is about 11, 12 years old. His name is Robert. He had a sister named Mary um, that was my daughter's age at the time when I was talking to him that they have the exact same personality. So that's where he felt comfortable was in her room. And like Marley's, my daughter Marley started to get really uncomfortable and she's like, you know, this is my space. So I just simply had her um, write a note one day and said, you know, we can share this space, but please respect my privacy as well. If I'm in here and I ask you to leave, go ahead and do that. And since then, and they had that like conversation, she'll speak out loud like, yo, can I have time for myself? And he respects that and he leaves. Um, Another kid that started to come around was Daniel. And he was shorter, about eight years old and a lot quieter. And then it was just kind of a weird vibe then. I just thought it was kids, you know, whatever. And then there was like a sense, God, like an overwhelming dread that Mm. went through the house that we all feel. It's heavy. It is heavy. Like you can feel it. It gives you a headache and it just feels like you're walking into thick tension. And every time that this one that I'm talking about comes around, you smell cigar smoke. That's how you know he's there. That one I didn't like. I had a very bad feeling about him. His name is Fred Turpin. And this this was not a kid. This is an adult. Okay. Okay. So the child told me that he had passed away in that house and that there were certain things that belonged to him in the crawl space. I was like, okay. He's like, can you get those down for me and get rid of them? I ain't going in no crawl space. Oh, I do. I'm the most curious person in the whole world. So I did. He told me there would be a box. He told me the exact things that would be in it. And I... Old, like I um what's it called I went up there I found it and I found everything inside of it that he said that would be in there the things that were in there all also tied to me there was an album that was in Polish that my grandmother used to sing to me every day there was and he died in 1974 there was um a board game game called the Bermuda Triangle, which I call where I live the Bermuda Triangle because I get lost all the time. And there's this big black cloud of smoke that goes through the game. And that's exactly what I have following me. It's a black mist that I was getting once Fred started coming around. Okay. On top of that, there was a really, 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 really old first edition from the godfather of uh, Ouija boards before um, who makes it now like Mattel or something like that yeah it was Hasbro an, a, or Mattel yes it was independent 
and they were made from Salem, Massachusetts. And I'm like, you found you found an old original Ouija board in your crawl space. God. Yep. Um, I was waking up with handprints on me, all over my body. Like I showed you those. Like they match up. You could see where the the fingers were, um, where my leg is next to the bed you could see that somebody was grabbing me trying to pull me in a full man hand and i'm divorced so like there's no man there yeah Uh, and so i knew something was up and so when i found those and he told me to get rid of them i was like all right cool i can do that so then i did a ritual and i burned them you either burn things or you bury them and put them back into earth depending on what it is to purify them um And that's what I did. Um, And I was trying to also simultaneously build a garden because I love gardening. Unfortunately, whenever I would try to till an area, I'd come up with more and more bones. And at first I thought they were dog bones. They were not dog bones. They were bones of children, lots of them. Lots and lots and lots of them. And I thought things were gonna calm down once I got rid of that stuff. But that was literally just the beginning of it. Um, All of a sudden upstairs in my son's room, the AC started leaking and it put, um, it made the walls really damp. And the repairman came in to take a look at it and he leaned up against the wall. And when he did, his knee went right through the wall, right through the wall, okay? So he cut it open and they were trying to dry it out. They had these huge fans and like this, like, you know, predator alien looking like hose thing connect to my wall to try to dry out the inside. And so they moved the fan and stuff and there was a large hole in the wall. I wasn't having my kids sleep upstairs at all. My kids honestly don't even know anything about this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So one day I went up there and I was actually on a coffee chat in the Furnace Fest group. And I was like, yo, there's a good five feet from where this wall ends and the wall, the outer wall to my house begins. I'm like, that's weird. Why is that? So what do I do? I crawl in. And then I look to my right and I see it goes all the way down my roof. So I crawled that way. And then I turn and I see there's an opening. I put the flashlight in there and there was a hidden room that was about 20 feet by eight feet in a space that was to get through that was probably about two feet tall and one and a half feet wide. So basically I was the only one that could get through there. And so I was bringing, I was bringing in phones, cameras, flashlights and they would work for literally exactly two minutes and then shut off and then as soon as I would get and then I would be in the pitch black because there's no windows and so I would haul ass out and as soon as I would get out the lights would turn back on and so I started going through the stuff in the first room and I was coming across a lot of stuff I found out that there was the original owner, there's been one person between me and the original owner that has lived there. 
the original owner was the same police officer. He had all of his records and everything up there. Um, really uneasy books about crime and punishment and like quizzes that he took about how violent he was and blah, 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 all belonged to Fred Turpin. And really weirded me out. And I did research. I found a lot of kids stuff up there, lots of toys, lots of kids clothes. He didn't have kids. This was this was all in so like room the, number one. Okay. Room number one. Okay. Oh, this is hard. All right. So I'm going through this and I'm going through it and I'm going through it. And I'm finding things that's making me sick to my stomach because I know this man never had children ever. Why the fuck does he have so much kid stuff? Yeah. Okay. And I'm finding out that a lot of it is from around the world, not just local. So that was kind of like weird. And so then I was like, okay, so if I crawl down to the right, there's this room. If I crawl down to the left, what's down there? I try to crawl down there. And as, as soon as I do, something falls and blocks my way in. And I have that on video too. So I opened that up because I'm stupid. And I crawl in there. And that's when I saw what I saw. And the entire time those two boys are directing me where to go. There were mattresses on the ground that were soaked in urine and blood. There are bowls where they were fed on the ground. There's bloody handprints all over the insides of my walls. Then one by one, about 12 boys were coming to me. And they would tell me, go to this exact place within your house. You're going to find these clothing. The stains are going to be in these places. This is what I was wearing. This is how I died. And they would tell me the story and I'd go up there and I go exactly to where they are and I would find their exact clothing. One of them escaped, Robert escaped. This one's tough. Robert escaped and he went running out my back gate and Fred took his big ass like Oldsmobile and went after him and hit him with his car and brought him back to the house. And that's when he woke up and realized he was back there. Fred then put him down on my kitchen floor and shot him. In my kitchen floor, there's a divot exactly where he said it would be. Underneath the tiles, if you jump on it, it moves, you lift it up, you can see where there's a bullet hole. So one by one, I was finding out about how these kids died. One by one, I'm finding literally the clothes they died in soaked in blood, like little kids' underwear and stuff like that. Like I said, this kid, this guy didn't have kids. Um, he also was St. Pete police officer. And like I said, a lot of things connected. He got fired from the force for um, 
pretty much bribing a 33-year-old bartender in downtown St. Pete that was from Salem, Mass. At the time, I was a 33-year-old bartender in downtown St. Pete from Salem, Mass. And he sexually harassed her, and that's how we got fired from the force. And then he moved on to like Salvation Army and he got fired from there too. Um, but he was always put in a position where he would seem really trusting. He worked with a lot of churches, especially the Catholic church right next to my house. And I think that's where he gained trust of a lot of people. And that's how we started getting kids. And he was also an umpire back in the day. Um, the World Series for minor league baseball was held in St. Pete, Florida. I don't know if you know that. It's a random thing. I don't know. I love cash cabs, so I love stupid facts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was looking through the years and looking at the things that I was finding in the walls, and he was an ump during that time, like I said. And the countries of which were playing here, even if it wasn't America that reached the World Series for that, they would all come here. And it would coincide with the things that I was finding that belonged to these kids, like bracelets, like money, like um, heirlooms, like really weird things. And lots of notes saying, mommy, I miss you, help me find me. Okay. Did, so did you go to the police? Yep, lots. And you know what? They would come in and they would be freaked the fuck out. And it's like, this is the real deal. This is the real deal. Oh my God. They would call the supervisor and be like, yo, that was a cop. We don't need that kind of stuff right now. We don't need that light on us. So every time it would get shut down, shut down. You can't even find police reports on it. And they were there for three weeks. They never tested anything. Nothing. They just refused to because he was a police officer and his father was a police officer too. That was also corrupt. Um, I found out that my neighbor also writes crime books and wrote a book about Fred Turpin's father because he worked with the Traff Conte family and the Cocaine Cowboys. And they were trafficking children from one house to another and sharing. There's also a program that's nationwide that was really heavy in here that was like a faith-based um, group home for troubled kids. Mm. But that was a really just a facade. If you look into it a little bit more, it was a pedophile sex trade. They would go to warehouses, switch them out. And that's what he was involved in. Um, Do you still live there? Why? <laughs> why? How, like how, why and how? Why? Because I have a five bedroom house that I pay 1300 for in a really nice neighborhood. Fair enough. I can't find that anywhere else. So is it, I mean, is it, are you still, 
bothered by no like, what was the resolution um i also it's really weird another connection i go down to a botanica um that is actually uh like santeria voodoo in uh yoruba which is an african um religious based magic thing um but we all have an understanding that you know we all believe whatever you believe your thing you believe my thing but i went to them for advice because that's who i always go to for advice when i walked in there to go see what i was expecting the owner miss rhonda was not there miss rhonda um mother had gotten sick and she had to take time off and the day that she decided she was going to do that this random lady maria comes and she is a psychic and she wants to help me like cool i need all the help tell her everything that's going on now she's now having like nationwide like conferences about the things that are happening inside my house and telling me what i need to do Um, Basically, I had to put everything back where it was. I needed to, I made a a floor wash and stuff and a wall wash to cleanse the negative energy. And um, in the meantime, because whenever cops would come there, Fred would be pacing through my house because he knew, he knew I knew. And he's like, you're not going to catch me. This is BS, blah, blah, blah. And um, my goodness gracious, hold on. So Maria's helping me and everything like that. Let me turn my light on. There we go. Maria's helping me through this so that I know what to do. And she told me she's from Barbados. And I was like, that makes sense. She's like, it looks like your typical, you know, the movie, The Princess Frog, how they go to see Mm -hmm. Mama O? That's mm-hmm. exactly what she looked like. And I was like, okay. oh, she's clearly the real deal. Look at her. Come on, man. <laughs> and like, she was giving me advice on stuff and said, put everything back, put all the evidence back. Because basically, what Fred did was he didn't clean any, any of his mess up. He just put drywall up and called it a day. There are four secret rooms in my house. Four. Like I said, the first one is about 20 by eight. The other one is the entire length of my house. So about 40 feet by eight feet. And then there's two downstairs too. Um, So I knew that there really wasn't much I could do at that point from a police stance Mm -hmm. because like like I said not only are these children who have lost their lives living there they're living there with their abuser and their killer who's also dead and so what was I really going to get out of that am I going to prosecute a ghost right not going to happen right so I was advised by a lot of people stop talking to the police or I'm going to get blue lined which is exactly what was happening. They were checking on me constantly and just like 
not harassing. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so I stopped that and I was like, all right, I'm purely here to help the spirits. That's what's important. So Maria told me to put everything back. So I did. And I built the walls and I contacted as much of the families that I could find to find to give them closure because that's what was important for me. It was no longer like, oh God, like I need to make sure the person responsible for this pays for it because I can't, but I can at least pass along information from the children to their moms. What did they say? We don't, we don't have time to get into all of it, but yeah, what, like, that must have been a crazy experience. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to find some of them, too. Um, one was really heartbroken because she thought she was doing the right thing by sending him to his house. And um, they never saw him again. And Fred said that he ran off. Were any of them thankful? Very much so. And so I appeased the kids. Um, I had a very stern talking with Fred. I banished him completely for a while. Um, And then he came back. I started smelling the cigar smoke again and he came back. But this time there was a different feel to it. Um... I don't know how to like fully get into this. Uh, My children were suffering from a lot of trauma in my current marriage that I didn't know about. Um, And Fred came and spoke to me and said that he was watching it. And it was like watching himself from the outside because he as a child was very abused. And so then that's what he was doing when he got older. Then he got to see my kids get like that. And it was a wake up call. And so I was like, all right. I was like, so now, now you have remorse because you didn't have that beforehand. I was like, so now what you need to do is you need to help me with these damn kids. And he agreed to it completely. He leaves them alone. He's still there, but he keeps to himself. Doesn't bother the kids. Um, at all and he watches over mine now which is a really weird thing but he really did like you know as anyone who's going through stuff and it's like you get that wake up call and you're like holy crap now I need to do something about it yeah and that, so, that perspective shift mm-hmm and he had to see it to really know what it was he was doing. And it's just like insane, insane, insane. Um, so he's back. But to go back to Maria, because this is also really weird. So my neighbor writes books on the Traficante family and the Cocaine Cowboys. So one day I'm doing a tarot card reading. And I was at the shop earlier that day and I was talking to Maria and she gave me a candle and said, here, use this one tonight. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but sure, whatever. Um, She also advised me, just like I advise you, when there's angry spirits within a house, just, just like energy, 
put bowls of ice in the corners of every room to cool them down. You want to bring them down a level, not hot-headed, cool everything down. I can't use candles inside my house because the fire fuels them and candles literally explode. Like the holders, everything could just like glass everywhere. I can't light candles inside my house. Um, it's gotten better to now I can a little bit. Um, we even had to stop wearing dark clothing because for a good minute because it was attracting dark energy. So we had to switch over to wearing light clothing to let them fully understand we're not on your side, honey. We're, we're on the good side. We're not here to help you. We're here to help them. Um, so Maria gave me this candle and I was doing a tarot card reading. And I picked up the candle after it had been blown out for a while. And like I said, I've been doing this my whole life. And as soon as I picked it up, I got a third degree burn on it and I look on my hand and I'll send, I'll send you that too. And it was in the shape of a mermaid tail. Now, for some reason, the people at the Botanica feel as though I'm a reincarnation of Yamana, which is one of the gods that they have. That's a mermaid God. She's the mother of all mothers and all the mothers of the stray animals and all the stray kids and you know me I have open doors with animals mm -hmm. and kids constantly so like if you read the description it's hilarious I'm like well that kind of is who I am but like I don't think I'm a reincarnation but that made me feel as though I needed to contact them so I call Rhonda and I say Rhonda this is what's happening are you okay and she's all of a sudden starts crying and she goes what time did this happen I said, about 30 minutes ago, she goes, Natalie, my whole shop burned down. I said, what? What? I said, what? So I go there and I help and I'm cleaning it up for her and it is wrecked. And like, I have videos of all that wrecked. She calls Maria and says, hey, um, the shop caught on fire. And Maria's first response was, all of it and we stopped and we're like what and she goes all of it's gone and we're like why would you why would you ask that like that that's weird that's really weird and so I'm cleaning up cleaning up Rhonda's pissed Maria doesn't show up I'm cleaning and I'm in Rhonda's room where she did a lot of readings and I'm cleaning that up and then I go uh, in there, I find I find a lot of documents on people that she kept, which is really weird. And then behind one of the shelving that's right next to it, which is why she was asking if it all burnt down, that I was cleaning behind that, and I found a um, a notebook where she logged how she was um, completely scamming people. And so I was like, "Holy shit!" And I handed it to Rhonda and she goes, oh my God, this is like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that she's just faking just to make money. Like obvious stuff that people who are in the magic community know it's not real, but 
people get desperate and when they go to seek help and, and it's something that they, they, they don't know well, they're going to believe it because, you know, what else do you have? And after that, um, I was like, well, Maria, we got to find her. She's from Barbados. And then Rhonda goes, she's from Cuba. And then Jose goes, she's from the Dominican. And we're like, whoa, what? And I was like, where's her paperwork? And he and Jose's like, she always said she was way too scared to go find the paperwork because she came from a very abusive um, marriage. So nobody has ever seen her ID, ever. So I did some digging. Come to find out, Maria's not her name. She's not from Barbados. She's the wife of one of the uh, cocaine cowboys. That is, that is ridiculous. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. And so it was, she was, it was found out advice. because of a fire. Yep. And no, 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 because of a leak, not a fire, a leak, a leak with an AC. Wait, you lost me on oh, that the, one. Oh, no, that, that's how I found the rooms. And then with the yeah. fire, that's how I found out that she was who she was. And she's giving me advice that I thought was helping me with the spirits, but I was helping her hide evidence. Oh, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was her husband that was doing that in there working with the police and i never knew that and she's disappeared we don't know where she is no wow. way wow she disappeared after the fire mm -hmm. wow and what's funny is all of the trap of the cocaine cowboys so she was telling you to put stuff back and all wow okay whoa so this this lady was like oh i can help you with this stuff and really, she was covering up a crime. Mm -hmm. Okay. All the cocaine okay. cowboys' wives, their aliases are Maria. Okay. That's fucking crazy. Like I said, there was a lot of twists and turns that like really directly hit me from the house to me personally. So I really felt as though I was the missing key to blow this all out of proportion yeah Completely. yeah dude well definitely send send me all those pictures i want to post them yes there's um, pictures there's videos and like like i said i'll explain them to you yeah uh well natalie thanks so much for coming on and telling this story um if y'all have any questions for Natalie about this, send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. Um, and or I will... questions in general about yeah. spirit work. If you guys have anything that you want to know, I'm an open book. Yeah. Natalie, thanks again. That was, you told me it was a crazy story and you delivered. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't forget. Uh, check out some merch at storefrontier.com slash church and other drugs and join the Patreon for some bonus content, patreon.com slash church and other drugs.